Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. How you doing after your St. Paddy's Day weekend? I was doing a little rough yesterday, man. As you saw, <laughs> Saturday was a rough one. <laughs> but doing better now. Able to get a drink down. I got this Golden Road Brewing Guava Cart. We ale, so it's all right. I've yeah. had it before. Yeah. Sounds like you're trying to get the warmth out of the sunshine, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to, man. Trying to. <laughs> well, today I'm drinking Stockyard Oatmeal Stout. I had it before. Pretty good. It's just your run-of-the-mill old-school Irish oatmeal stout. Pretty hearty. Meal in a cup. <laughs> you like those, man. I do. Makes me eat less. Otherwise, I'm eating myself out of house and home. <laughs> Anyways, those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials. Facebook. Join our Facebook group in the discussions. Instagram. TikTok. YouTube. Make sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell notification button, and check out our Redbubble. Helps us keep doing this, and we have some pretty dope merch on there. Not going to lie. Yeah, we do, man. Uh, I also might have just dated myself by saying dope, but whatever. (laughs) Today, we are going to cover a review of the games that happened in the last week, the 14th to 19th of March. Another one bites the dust. Patrick Vieira sacked by Crystal Palace and who we think is going to replace him. So, shall we dig into this? Let's dig in, man. All right. Champions League second legs before the draw. First up, we had on the 14th, FC Porto against Inter Milan. This was 1-0 after the first leg for Milan. This one ended 0-0, which really, I'll be honest, for those of you who have not seen it, you can skip all the way until about the 89th minute. And you will have stop missed time. Just watch stoppage time. There's seven <laughs> minutes of it. <laughs> and it, that's where it gets wild, man. Couple shots off the post, save off the post, header off a crossbar. But yeah, that, that was the best part of that game. It was the last seven minutes. It really was. And I'll be honest with you, Porto should have put at least one of those away. Oh, 100%. I thought they were, man. The way the pressure was going, it just, Lady Luck was not on their side. It was not, and quite honestly, I think Inter might have literally saved all of their luck for the entire season for that game. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. Moving on. Manchester City against RB Leipzig. Oh. This one, aggregate ended 100-1. to uh, <laughs> The final score of this game was 7-0. <laughs> Yeah, Man City ran ran away with it. I will say the first goal, questionable handball. For me, definitely harsh. Yeah. I mean, no, the, no handball. So I'll try what? to describe it. A cross comes in, the defender jumps for it, and it goes over his head. And then a Man City player behind him tries to head it, and it just barely glances off his arm. So his back is turned to this defender. His arm's out from trying to, you know, get leverage to jump. And it just barely grazes his arm. Like, it doesn't change the trajectory of the ball. It kind of just glances right off of it. I mean, he was, what, a foot away from the 
offensive player behind him. I yeah, maybe. He was but, it wasn't far. Yeah, I I mean I've watched the replay probably fifteen to twenty times and not in one angle do I see the ball actually like convincingly hit him. It touches it, him for sure, but it's, it's like I said, it doesn't change the ball's course. Yeah. It doesn't do enough to warrant a penalty, I'll tell you that. Well, that's and, UEFA, man. They're 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 calling penalties like that, even if it just no, touches the hand. No gray area, I guess. So that was harsh. But then, well, they scored six more. So, <laughs> uh, biggest storyline in this one: Erling Holland with five, uh, and then Pep Guardiola taking him off before he could uh, top Messi's record of six and get six. So yeah, the top, there's only uh, now there's now three players that have scored five goals in a Champions League game. Uh, now Erling Holland, Lionel Messi, and then Luis Adriano. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess the biggest question for this is: Was this Manchester the Manchester City squad we've been waiting to see all season, or was Leipzig just that bad? Leipzig did not look good. Like I will say that Josko Gavardiol. I mean, he's supposed to be the one of the top young defenders. He didn't look very good. No, but I mean, on the other end, three, four of the seven. We're off corners. Yeah. Yeah, they they were kind of that second ball off of a corner. Yeah. And then Holland, man, he just apparently knows the right spot to be in that penalty box. Yeah, I swear he has a time machine because he's literally always right there, no yeah. matter where the bounce is. It's insane. And then I will say Kevin De Bruyne, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> Holland scored five goals. But, man, I, honestly, my I thought the best player on the pitch was Kevin De Bruyne. He gets yeah. a nice, a nice goal in that one. Yeah, the seventh and extra time. It was a beauty. He also had a few really nice shots in the first half. Yeah, uh, one the one off the crossbar for mm-hmm. Holland to head in uh, for the second, I believe. Right, I think it was the second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. There's the form we've been waiting to see from the entire Manchester City squad the whole season, but. I do agree. I think it definitely has a lot to do with how bad Leipzig were in this one. Yeah, they can get nothing going. <clears throat> Not at all. All right. On the 15th, we had Napoli against Frankfurt. We said this was going to be one-way traffic. And what was it, Targo? One-way traffic. <laughs> yeah, Napoli, yeah. 3-0, 5-0 aggregate. Yep, Victor Osaman got a beautiful header in the first half. We got a second and fifty third, <laughs> and then uh, Napoli got a PK scored by Pitor Zielinski. Yep, three 0 That was all she wrote. I think that was someone was done before they even kicked the ball off. But nothing's ever done and dusted in the Champions League. We've seen no, that. no. But it was always going to be tough for Frankfurt without Randall Kolomoani, probably their best player, Easily and then also being in Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the crowds there are hard to play with. So next up, Real Madrid against Liverpool, the game everyone was talking about after the five to two thumping in the at Anfield. This one went back to Madrid and one nil to Real Madrid. And I'll be honest with you, this was a show of goalkeepers with both making some imp- Extremely impressive saves. 
Yeah, Allison had one man point blank from Vinny Jr. I don't know how Vinny Jr. didn't score that. It hits Allison like on the shoulder, kind of. Yeah, that was a fantastic save. Yeah, Courtois made quite a few as well. Um, I think two on Mo Salah, one on Darwin Nunes. But uh, towards the end, and Liverpool just looked defeated. They did. Like once you started getting, you know, 50, 60th minute. Yeah. Like they kind of knew they were done. And then Benzema gets the lone goal. Yeah. All right. Over to something that was a little more entertaining. Europa League second leg action. (laughs) On uh, March 16th. First one up, we had Union Saint-Gelois against Union Berlin. Uh, USG just dominating in this one. After the 3-3 draw in the first leg, 3-0 in Hungary. Yeah, you called that one. Yeah. They look good. Hey, Hungary or lie. Belgium? Belgium, you're right. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Ferran Varos. Yep. Um, yeah. Belgian side just absolutely wiping the floor with Union Berlin. He did. <sighs> yeah. Um, look for our predictions to see how far we see them going. <laughs> Next up, we had Fenerbahce against Sevilla. We always knew that Sevilla were going to make this one interesting. They did. They really did. 2 0 in the first leg. They lost 1-0 in the second leg, but, man, were the last 20 minutes of this game cagey. It was wild. It was wild, yeah. I almost felt bad for Fenerbahce, man, because they had some chances. Yeah, a couple put of it in the back them. Of the net. You would have bet money that they were going to score. But Sevilla getting it done. Eking through. Um, after the draw, I don't think they're going to go much further, but we'll see. <laughs> Next up, Freiburg against Juventus. We said this would go one way and one way only, and it did. Juventus getting the 3-0 aggregate, 2-0 in this game. Really, the tides turned once Freiburg got a red card in the 44th minute, giving away a penalty. Yep, that, that kind of did him in. Yeah. And then, I will, I will say Vlaovic got lucky that the penalty Oh, he did, in. the goalie, yeah. Yeah. Definitely was. <laughs> and then, honestly, my favorite Juve player, Federico Chiesa, gets Juve's second. So it's good to see him get on the score sheet. Yeah, he's been getting amongst the goals a lot more lately, which is good to see. He's finally not hurt. Guy's always hurt. Yeah, I, it's like death taxes, taxes and Chesia to be hurt. Like the three <laughs> guarantees in life. Pretty much, yeah. He's he's been hurt quite a bit, but good to see him get on the score sheet. It is. Next up, we had Ferenvaros against Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen really. This is a, the Bayern Leverkusen we've been waiting to see all season. It Not really has it been. Bundesliga. They win two nil, four nil on aggregate. <laughs> they look good. They do look good. Musa Diaby. Dia, Musa Diaby. Gets an early goal in the third minute. And then, yeah, I mean, Adley gets Leverkusen second, the 81st. And like, they're pretty much in cruise control in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you scored in the third minute to put you up 3-0, it's kind of hard to come back from that. Yeah. Yes, it is. A little demoralizing. <laughs> Let's talk about the upset 
of the round. Arsenal against Sporting Lisbon. After regular time, this was 1-1, 3-3 on aggregate. Sporting Lisbon knocking Arsenal out on penalty kicks. The wonder goal, man. Yeah. Pedro uh, Galvez, man, with a amazing goal just from inside the half to put it over Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Second longest <clears throat> goal in Europa League history. 39 yards out with a Puskas Award uh, nominee calling it now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it was an amazing <laughs> goal that tied it up for, for Sporting. And then, honestly, both keepers had some fantastic saves. Ramsdale takes one to the face on a one-on-one. Adan saves Trossards in extra time, just puts it onto the post. I think Adan was probably the man of the match. Probably, For yeah. that game. I will say Sporting, they impressed me a lot. They yeah. looked good. I mean, Arsenal didn't look great, but Sporting looked good. No, Arsenal uh, made a lot of changes in that in that game. Notable uh, person attending this game, uh, <laughs> Kim Kardashian in the stands. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get more into that later. But the the new curse on the block, maybe first it was the Drake curse, now it's the Kim K curse. <laughs> Just saying, uh, Gabriel Martinelli. I'll be honest with you. I feel bad for the kid, but his penalty was terrible. Oh, it was so bad. So bad. Like, was he trying to go down the middle? But, like, it was slightly. It looked like he was trying to go to the right, but it was closer to the middle than it was the right. Yeah, it was a bad penalty and, like, perfect height, not even high or. Oh, yeah. It was like a lazy dive from Adon. Like, what? Like, he almost jumped past it. That's how crappy the penalty was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even think he needed to dive. He could have just taken a step sideways. And Put an arm out. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey. Anyways. Next up, we had Manchester United against Real Betis. This one, it was close for most of the game. United winning 1-0 off of a yet another Marcus Rashford Galazzo in the 55th minute. Yeah, I mean, kind of knew who was going to win this one. Uh, 4-1 in the first leg. Yeah. Kind of expect it going back to Manchester. No, they went to Spain. Oh, Spain. Sorry. This was in Spain, yeah. But. So, yeah, they win 1-0. Yeah, they're on through to the next round. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had Real Sociedad against AS Roma. Roma winning 2-0 in the first leg. This one ended 0-0. Mourinho played as a back five and parked the bus. Surprised? Yeah, I watched this game, and it, it was definitely a little bit of a snoozer. <laughs> I mean, it's typical Jose Mourinho, second leg. He's got a lead. You know what he's going to do. Yeah, so see, they had, they had some missed chances in the second half, but I did see a funny stat. It was uh, Real Sociedad had 440 uh, passes completed, and Roma had 84. Ooh. This was the seventy seventh minute that Jesus. I thought stat came up. <laughs> Jesus! So just to show you how that game went, it was it was a bus parked and Sociedad trying to get through that bus and they couldn't. Yeah, that that is an insane stat. What the Barcelona, the great tiki taka Barcelona teams would get what six hundred a game? They would get a ton, yeah. But it's just what's funny is how little Roma. <laughs> yeah. 
under a hundred. That's insane. But yeah, so that game it ended nil nil. Roma go through from the first leg, two nil. Yeah. Next up, we had Feyenoord against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, first leg, one one. This one, seven <laughs> one. This was a uh, route, Feyenoord man. Feyenoord getting just rewards from that first leg, completely dominating the first leg and getting a draw. Uh, they couldn't miss in this one. They really couldn't. There were some beautiful goals in that game, too, from distance. So if you guys do want to watch rewatch that game, it, it's a fun one. For yeah, sure. I mean, eight, any game with eight goals is a fun one. To watch. That's a goal every almost every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I think I think Feyenoord justly deserved it. They look oh, good 100%. both legs. Shakhtar did not look great. I mean, they if it's dominated not, Shakhtar in the first game. Yeah. Except for a you know guy hits it off his ass and it goes in the net <laughs> to get a draw. Yeah, Anyways. it was yeah. That, those were uh, just rewards. Feyenoord taking out some aggression there on Shakhtar oh, 100%, the first leg. One hundred percent. All right, let's jump over to England on St. Patrick's Day, March seventeenth. We had Nottingham Forest against Newcastle. Newcastle coming out two to one winners in this one. Emmanuel Dennis put the home side ahead on 26 minutes before Alexander Isak scored beautiful, a beautiful improvised finish in first half extra time and then a penalty in second half extra time. Yeah, for a handball, I will say Isak looked good. He has good footwork, man. He looks dangerous in the box. Newcastle were the better team in this game. Namas had to come up with some good saves. Yeah, I mean, this is the form that Newcastle need Isak to be in to be able to get into the top four. So better time than never. Probably the best time, honestly, for him to start getting hot. Uh, And hopefully for them, it it will get them over the line and Pippen Tottenham for that fourth place spot. They're they're close. Yeah, Tottenham's got two games in hand, but they're only two points above Newcastle. You mean Newcastle's got two games in hand? Newcastle does, yes, on Tottenham. Yes. And two points back. Yeah. Uh, so they can I, definitely do it. It's in their own hands. They definitely can. Uh, I'm very interested to see um, where Brighton has a say in all of this as they have three games in hand on Tottenham and are five points back. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting. Waiting for all these teams to get on the same amount of games played. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of them not having Europe now. I would assume it'll happen pretty quick after the international break. Next up on the 18th, we had Aston Villa against Bournemouth. This was one way traffic ended three nil. It was literally from the seventh minute on when Douglas, we scored the first one. Bournemouth coming off a hot win against Liverpool, but now Aston Villa, they weren't having any of it. Yeah, Not at all. Uh, It's, yeah, deserved win, three 0 Very much. I expected it. Both predicted it. It is what it is. Next up, we have Brentford against Leicester City. This one ended one one. Yeah, this one I did not see. I thought Brentford would get the win on this one, being at home. But I will say Brentford were the better team, had more chances. But Leicester, credit to them, got a goal, got a point, and I think that's a huge point for them. Huge. considering the way the bottom of that table looks and how much of a fortress Brentford has been. Yeah. They have not 
dropped many points there, Brentford at home. Yeah, I mean, without the point, uh, <clears throat> I mean, Leicester City essentially is in the relegation zone. Oh, you're so, not wrong. Off goal difference. So, next up, we had bottom of the table Southampton against the perennial underachievers in Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham went up three to one in this one and drew it three three. Uh, the us of us, those of us in Washington, would call this cooking it, uh, <laughs> but everybody in England knows they spursed it. Man, I don't know how they didn't win that game. We were watching it, and Pedro Porro gets him up. He roofs a, a rocket past. Uh, I forget that Southampton goalkeeper it starts with a B. And then Shea, ha- Shea Adams leveled it just after halftime. Harry Kane gets the a header in for Tottenham, and then even Perisic has a nice volley. So they're up 3-1, and this is in the 74th that even Perisic scores. So they just got to write out 15 minutes, man. They couldn't do it. Theo Walcott, always been a thorn in his first side, gets a goal just three minutes after... Even Parachute scores. And then an extra time. Foul. I mean, I just what do you make of the Spurs team, man? They're just what are they doing? They cannot see out a game. They give away a, a PK an extra at a time. James Ward Prowse steps up, finishes it. Three three. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, superb fight back from Southampton. I mean, previous, previously this season, we've seen Southampton essentially fold once 3-1 three, three, down. But Spurs, for me, I just think in the defense, they're a little rash with their tackling. They dive in a lot. I will say that, yeah. Like, Romero is definitely one, one of those kind of defenders where he's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, and even Longley. Surprised me because he's been doing the same thing all season. Um, they're just they just seem uninspired. Like if Kane doesn't have a good game, they they lose. Pretty much. I mean, he didn't have a terrible game. He got a goal. Yeah. It's, yeah, and you know, Conte obviously wasn't happy after that game. He said I had some harsh words. Yeah, oh, yeah. For his players. Yeah. I guess I guess the better question is I'll ask you um, with Conte coming out is this a Tottenham problem or a Conte problem? I think it's a Tottenham problem. I mean the guy's been a serial winner everywhere else he's gone. Yeah, literally. So I think it's a it's that club Tottenham, okay. top to bottom. Well, we'll have to dive into that some other time. Next up, we had Wolves against Leeds in this relegation six-pointer. Holy moly, what a game. Woo! This one was everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, it was. Holy cow. Leeds winning this one four to two. Jack Harrison putting Leeds up in the sixth minute with a lovely finish. Luke Ailing and getting their second in the 49th. Hit the Robbie Keane celebration. <laughs> As much as Dude I hate is him, good, I will say. He did as it. As much as I hate him, it is a sweet celebration. 
Uh, Christensen made it 3 0 on uh, 62. And then Wolves fought their way back, getting two goals. Or is this 4 3? I should say. Wolves getting two goals on either side of a Matthias Cunha strike. Uh, yeah, Johnny with an amazing chip. Dude, he was so far out, too. It was probably all of maybe 30 yards, 35. Just, a, yeah, a beautiful chip over Melier. And then, of course, he gets a red card. Yeah. A few minutes later. It was uh, a deserved one. He he went high. Yeah, he did. Studs up. Um, Rodrigo getting the winner in the 97th. Uh, by the way, 10 minutes of extra time. <laughs> yeah, it was a long, long, uh, uh, but controversial goal for Leeds getting the fourth. It was. Rodrigo. So in the buildup to that, Adama Traore has the ball and you can see his shirt gets pulled and he kind of stops, you know, throws his hands up in the air and is like, come on. His shirt gets pulled. I mean, you can see it. The shirt comes out. Guy's got a handful of it. And the ref didn't give a foul. And because he stopped, a Leeds player came in and played Rodrigo in, and he scores. And so that pissed off a bunch of the Wolves players. I think a red card got shown to one of the players on the bench. Yeah, they weren't happy about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Matthias Nunez got a red in the 100th. That was yeah, the man was, on the bench. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. What a game. Back and forth. It was chippy. It's physical. What you love to see. And you see how much it means for these teams going forward in the relegation battle. Oh, that was a huge win for Leeds, man. Yeah. Oh, puts takes them up, them up to, to 14th. 14th, yeah. From being what would have been tied on points with Southampton for last place. All right. Speaking of down at the bottom, Everton versus Chelsea. This one ended 2-2. Two to two. I'll be honest with you. That might have been one of the most boring first halves of football I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> it life. It was pretty bad, yeah. Even the commentators were saying how dull it was. What was it they said? Like, we only have three highlights to show. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And two of them happened in the first five minutes, I believe, is what happened. So, yeah, it was bad. Um. But second half exploded to life. Four goals. Yes, it did. Jao Felix. Sorry, Jao Felix. Uh, in the 52nd minute, getting the scoring opened. Decore getting one in the 69th for Everton. Kai Havertz restoring the lead. After Everton gave away a penalty in the 76th. And Ellis Sims getting his first Premier League goal on 89th minute for Everton. Yeah, fantastic point for Everton. Huge. Yeah, and a game that most expected them to lose, including me. I did too. But no, that point takes Everton up to 15th, man. They're in 26 points now. Yeah. Um, Essentially, I think they're one point away from being in 12th all of a sudden. There's a lot of teams one point away from being in 12th. (laughs) Everybody but Southampton is a win away from being in 12th. Yeah. Uh, speaking of <laughs> on the 19th we had Arsenal against Crystal Palace 
Uh, big news coming out on St. Patrick's Day uh, for the man who is a saint for Arsenal fans, but not for Crystal Palace as Patrick Vieira fired two days before their game against Arsenal after 12 games without a win. Zero wins in 2023. Yeah. It's the worst run in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this one made it 13, 13 straight yep. games without a win as Arsenal destroyed Palace 4-1 to one in a game that I'll be honest with you, other than the first five minutes, wasn't really close at all. No. I mean, it, it, like it was, like you said, the first five minutes, Zaha hits the post. Wilfred Zaha for Crystal Palace, but then, yeah, Martinelli gets the first goal and kind of just went on from there. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Bukayo Saka, continuing his amazing form, doubled the lead. Beautiful one-two with Ben White. Yep. Be honest with you, Ben White's passing has been superb this season and surprised me for a guy who played center back for the last three years. Granit Xhaka made it three. Another wonderful assist by Leandro Trossard. Jeffrey Schlupp got one back for (laughs) Crystal Palace, who honestly was their best player in this one. Uh, And then Bukayo Saka. Restored the three goal lead with his second. Arsenal eight points clear. Yep. What is it? 12, 10 games ago? 10 games. 10 games. Eight points clear. How confident are you feeling? Getting more confident. I've you know, I've been saying it since what, December. I think yeah. they'll win it. You know, if they continue in this form, I think yeah, they will. I mean, it's theirs to lose, right? They're <clears> in the they lead. Got- they win every game. They're champions. Well, yeah, I don't think they'll win every game. They have a tough run coming up where they got to go to Anfield. Got to go to Yeah, end of April, early May. Have to go to Newcastle. And City, then, Chelsea, Newcastle. All Chelsea, the yep. So that's that's going to be the test. Yeah. We'll see um, how they come out of those games. Yeah, I think, I think the City result won't be... Won't matter a ton. It'll be the Chelsea and Newcastle results, in my opinion. Because I think the Anfield one too. Yeah, yeah. Especially you don't know what team is going to show up for Liverpool in those games. All right. Next up, FA Cup quarterfinals on the 18th. We had in hot form Manchester City against Burnley. Uh, man, did I get this wrong and say this was a draw? Uh, Manchester City won 6 0. Early <laughs> Holland with the sixth hat trick of the season, bringing his total to 42 goals for the season. Would you say Vincent Company knows that team? Yeah. Well, there's one person apparently he doesn't know, and it's Erling Holland. <laughs> Told <Man>. you. <laughs> I got this wrong. I'll be the first one to admit it. I thought City would go through, but I thought at least Burnley would put up a fight. There's no fight. No. They got stomped. All right. Speaking of stompings, on the 19th, <laughs> Brighton played Grimsby Town and won it 5-0. We did get this one right. We did. And I even predicted Evan Ferguson would get a goal. He had two. Uh, one-sided affair. Again. Unfortunately for Grimsby Town, they had a wonderful run in the FA Cup. 
They should be happy about it. Brighton in a semifinal of a of a trophy. It's a good season for them. I hope they make it to the final. I really do. I do too. We'll see. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Next up, we had championship rivals squaring off Sheffield United against Blackburn. This one was a fun game to watch, ending 3-2. to two. Sheffield United winning it in extra time thanks to a screamer from Tommy Doyle. Called this one too, man. Yes, you did. I did not. Yet nope, again. You went Blackburn. Yeah. I'm really good at transfers, but I God, can I not pick a game? Let me <laughs> tell you. Mm-mm. Uh, and if I am wrong about City winning the title, then you know what? It'll be the first time I'm happy about being wrong. Ecstatic. <laughs> uh, yep. Next up, yeah, we had Manchester me. United against Fulham. Whew. I want to get into this one. We watched this one. We did watch uh, this right one. Right at the right time. As we sat down to watch it about f- right after halftime. And that's when it started to get interesting. <laughs> this one ended 3-1 to one to United. But on the 50th minute, Alexander Mitrovic put Fulham ahead, which, in my opinion, was probably deserved. Manchester United did not play well in this game. Not at Uh, first, no. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm not going to lie, absolute scenes for a five-minute stretch. As Anthony puts Jaden Sancho through, danced around Burton Leno, and three chances scored until William blocked it. <clears throat> first With his glance, hand. first glance, it looked like he just stopped it. See the replay. VAR asked the ref to go to the monitor. Uh, William with the hand of God, essentially on the goal line. Uh, on his way over to say, the monitor. The, there's a lot more you're missing here. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> On the way over to the monitor, Marco Silva tells off the ref, gets a red card. One. Chris Kavanaugh looks at the monitor, gives a penalty, gives a red card to Willian. Two. Two. (laughs) Alexander Mitrovic decided it was a good idea to argue with the ref, in doing so, elbowing him, trying to get him to pay attention to him. Three. Three. Three red cards in the span of, like, two minutes. But we're not done there. Three red cards and a penalty. (laughs) And a penalty. So Bruno steps up, makes the penalty. Okay. Two minutes later, Marcel Sabitzer, with a wonderful improvised chip over the top of Burnt Leno. Little flick, yep. To make it two to one, and Fulham went from one goal up to not having a coach, two players sent off, and down two to one in a five-minute span. Talk about losing your cool in a pressure situation. What a change in atmosphere, too, at the at Old Trafford, man. Oh, like, 100%. Before that, it was KG, Fulham were up, but then after all the mayhem that went on, it was just... Yeah. Lifted the team, and they got another one. Another Yeah, goal. and then Bruno got his second in injury time. That's all she wrote against nine-man Fulham. Nine-man, no coach Fulham. Coachless nine-man Fulham. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, dude, Mitrovic, I don't know what he was doing. The way he grabbed and kind of put his arm against the ref, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what he was doing. You know you can't touch the ref like that. I mean, you can put your hand on his shoulder. That's about it. If you move him in any direction, it's a red card. We all know it. But after his red card, he still got in the face of the referee. Oh, he, he was even angrier after yeah. he got the red card. I Like before, when we were watching it live, I didn't even know he got a red card. That's no. how much he was going after the ref. Because like the, the cannon was going everywhere, up, yeah. Got a red card, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially with how well Fulham's been doing this season. I think Mitrovic will probably get a very lengthy suspension from this. Yep. Like 10 games, maybe the rest of the season. You know, they've been doing well overall for the season, but lately Fulham have not played well. Yeah. Like I would say their last four or five games. Yeah, especially in all competitions. Especially that game against Arsenal. They look like a shadow of the team they've been all season. Arsenal and then even that Wolves when they played Wolves and they drew yeah. with them. Uh even their game against Brentford. Well, they lost I think it was three to two. Anyways. The draw came out afterwards. We got Brighton against Manchester United and Manchester City against Sheffield with the potential of a Manchester Derby for the first time ever in a League Cup or FA Cup final. Any predictions for this? Man, I want Brighton to go through. I want Brighton to beat Man United. (laughs) And then I don't think Sheffield stand a chance against Man City. I think they stand about as much of a chance as Burnley did. Yeah. And I don't want to give them any hope like I might have for Burnley. So, <laughs> no. Uh, I think Manchester City is pretty much a lock for the final. I would love to see a Manchester Derby, but you're right. I want Brighton to win the trophy. It'd be so cool to see them after everything I do, too. Through. The season they've had. And yeah, season they've had. Rub it in Graham Potter's face. Halfway through the season. <laughs> yeah. It would be fantastic to see. I mean, they got such a solid young squad, too. They're fun, man. They're fun to watch, too. To watch. So we'll see. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to go to the final? Who do you want to win? Let us know. Join our discussion on our Facebook group or really anywhere. Just shoot us some comments. Let us know. All right. Over to Germany. On the 18th, we had one of the shock results in Germany this weekend. I'll uh, be honest with you, this was a roller coaster ride of a weekend in the Bundesliga. Yeah, it was. VFL Bochum beating RB Leipzig 1 0. So, uh, Bochum, with, if, if you remember, they were um, in the relegation zone. They were at one, yeah. Or right this. above the relegation zone. Yeah. Uh, big win for Bochum or worse loss for RB Leipzig? Worse loss. I'd say worse loss for Leipzig. Cause they were hovering what in third place. Now they're down to fifth. Uh, yeah. After all the results this week. So that, that takes them out of the champions league spot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, big, big loss. Uh, especially after the form they've been in lately. It's very surprising. Yeah, last week they thumped someone in the second half of a game. Frank, can't remember. It was last weekend. Obviously, it was a long time ago. (laughs) 
Speaking of long time ago, Borussia Dortmund getting rid of that loss to Chelsea, making it seem like a long time ago, thumping Cologne 6-1 to one with a four-goal first half. Yeah, this was a one-way and one-way only, man. Guerrero puts them ahead. Sebastian Holler gets a couple goals. Marco Royce gets a couple goals. We'll say Marco Royce's first goal was a beautiful finish. It was. Uh, and who am I missing? Someone else scored. Uh, Danielle Malin. <laughs> yep. Malin. Oh, I Keeper remember should that have one. stopped it, but he yeah, got he one. Yeah, kicked in. it right at the goalie, man. The goalie just hit it down into the goal. Yeah, that was bad goalkeeping. Solid news in this one. Marco Royce became the all-time leading goal scorer for Borussia Dortmund, his boyhood club. I got to say, you love to see it. You don't really see anyone playing for just one club their entire career anymore. Well, I don't think he played there his entire career, but he has definitely been loyal to Dortmund versus his you know, boyhood club. Yes. Versus, you know, you saw Obama Yang, Lewandowski, Mario Goetze, Christian Pulisic, Jaden Sancho, Zmendem Bele, all those Erling other Holland. players. Erling Holland, yep. Soon to be Jude Bellingham. He's soon to be Jude Bellingham. <laughs> You're not wrong. Keep going. Yeah. So I mean, Matt Hummels. Matt Hummels. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's good to see him stick by that club. But man, in that game, there was one of the worst misses I've ever seen. It was a bad one. The ball comes across the goal. No goalie. Like the pass beats the goalie. The guy just has to tap it in. Hits him on the foot. Goes off the post and bounces out. I will say the one excuse I'll give him is the ball came at him pretty quick, but all he needed to do was get some kind of touch. If you at least beat the goalie, just take a touch. Like I said, the goalie came out to the guy who was on the wing because he thought he was going to shoot it, but he lays off the pass for an open guy right in front of the goal, probably two yards from the goal. (laughs) It was bad. Man. Hate to see those. Yeah, that's why Cologne's down in 13th place. <laughs> yeah. On the 19th, we had Union Berlin against Frankfurt. I know I said Frankfurt were going to win this one. I think you said a draw. I think I did. Well, Union Berlin win this one 2-0. Huge win for them. Sits them all the way up to third place on 48 points. And Frankfurt, man, they were doing so good for a while there. Now they're sitting in... Sixth place, five points off fifth. This one hurt Frankfurt more than it is a boost for Union Berlin or the other way around? Honestly, Union Berlin needed that win. They hadn't won a game in their last five. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's more of a boost for them. Well, Cinderella story continues, my friend. (laughs) Sort of. Sort of. Maybe a Champions League spot. That's Champions League spot after... Was it four years ago they were in the second division of German football? I think that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Next up, we had Bayer Leverkusen against Bayern Munich and what we thought would be one-way traffic. Man, did we get this wrong. Yeah. What a result for Bayer Leverkusen winning this one 2-1. to one. What happened to Bayern Munich? They didn't look very good. I mean, they got no. the first goal through Joshua Kimmich. But man, this loss—they're not in first place anymore. Bayern yeah. Munich or Borussia Dortmund jumped them, so now Dortmund are in first place on fifty-three points. Bayern Munich second on fifty-two. 
Yeah. You still think Bayern Munich are going to come back and win it? Yes, I do. Um, uh, they're just, I think they're too good. I think Dortmund, I mean, after the international break, they both play each other, Dortmund. They and do. Munich. So I think, I guess if Dortmund wins that, then I will rethink my thoughts on if Bayern are going to win the title, but they will get a 100% confidence vote for me that they will win the title this season the two Leverkusen goals though I want to talk about those for a second because this was this was some hilarious stuff man so Adley forward for Bayern Leverkusen both goals were PKs and both goals he got a yellow card for diving the ref thought he was diving and he told him to go look at the monitor he goes and looks at the monitor, cancels the yellow card, and gives a PK. Not once, but twice. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then the first one, I think it was the first one, he got his... His well, shoe his came heel, off. Yeah, his heel stepped yeah. on, and his shoe came off. But because he tried to keep his footing, they gave him a yellow card for diving, even though his shoe came off. Shoes don't just come off while you're running. <laughs> no, no, they don't. You can't fake that. I will say the second one did. There was one angle where it's like, oh, okay, he did get caught, but it kind of looked like he, he definitely made a meal of it. Yeah, yeah. But no, he his his foot got caught by Upa Makano. But yeah, I thought that was funny, man. It was a, it was a crazy same it was player a crazy sequence of events. Yeah, <laughs> to have that happen twice, the odds. Yeah, are twice astronomical. All right, next up, Mainz against Freiburg. This one ended one one. Uh, with Mainz getting a dramatic late equalizer in extra time and yet another draw from Freiburg. They were in second place not that long ago. What happened? They're drawing games and not winning. Yeah, seven draws now. Three of those in the last five games. Yeah. Um, They're sitting 46 points, two points behind Union Berlin in fourth place. I will say I'm guessing the goal for Freiburg will to be a Champions League spot. So I would assume so, uh, but they're playing in the Europa League right now, or we're playing in the Europa League. They're in Europa League spot, so it's definitely not a failure of a season if they finish in the same spot. But from where they were sitting in second in what January, yeah, it's got to feel like a failure. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess I'll be honest. Do you think that Freiburg team was really going to be able to keep pace no. with the likes of Bayern Munich? No, I don't. You, you know, um, looking at the players they have, I, I suspected something like this would happen. But you would think that they would, with the players they have, be able to sustain better form than Union Berlin. I mean, maybe, yeah. They're they're not far off Union Berlin and Freiburg. I mean, a couple points. Yeah, time so. will tell. Let us know who you guys think will finish in that third place spot in Bundesliga. Till then, Targo, let's head over to La Liga and what happened in Spain. So in Spain, we had Atletico Madrid against Valencia, and Atletico won three nil. We we called this one as well. Mm-hmm. The way Atletico have been playing, man. 
Antoine Griezmann, he's a man on fire since the World Cup. He really is. Like he's got something to prove. Seems he's kind of gone under the radar, game. I would say. Like all this talk on Rashford, Holland, Victor Osiman. Mm-hmm. He's just slowly having a solid second half of the season there. Yeah, definitely not getting any recognition for it. I'll be honest. I haven't heard a drop about it. But he got the first goal, scoring in the 23rd minute. And then Yannick Carrasco doubled the lead in the 49th. And Thomas Lamar completed it after Alvaro Morata puts in a cross for him to finish nicely. 3-0 for Atletico. Yeah. Expected it. Atletico Madrid trying to keep up with Real Madrid and pip them for second place because this title is just about over. Uh, We'll get to that here in a second. (laughs) (laughs) But we also had Real Sociedad against Elche. And Real Sociedad came out 2-0 winners on this one. Again, just as we had predicted. Elche sitting bottom of the table, so not too hard to see that. Real Sociedad in fourth. I think more importantly, Real Sociedad breaking their run of draws. I I think you're right there. They needed a win badly. They were kind of in some poor form, hadn't been scoring many goals, got dumped out of the Europa League by Roma. After not scoring any goals. After not scoring any goals. (laughs) (laughs) So good to see them get a couple goals. But the big game in Spain, man. We had a big game. El Clasico. El Clasico. So this one, Barcelona against Real Madrid. This was at the new Camp. Barcelona coming out 2-1 winners. What a game. What a game. Yeah, it did not disappoint. So it starts uh, off, yeah, an own goal. Vinny mm-hmm. Jr. goes across it and it comes off Arruyo's head, Pastor Stagen, Ter Stegen. Didn't have a chance at it, if I'm being honest. No. And I was kind of thinking at that point, you know, as the first half kind of went on, like, are Real Madrid going to do this? Are they going to get the win at the, at the new camp? Yeah. Wasn't to be, though. Sergio Roberto, <laughs> right at the end of... Uh, Stop right at the end of the first half there gets a goal. Yeah. And then that, after yeah. the ball bobbled around in the box for that one, and he just happened to be at the right place at the right time, slotted it right past Courtois, who was having a fantastic first half. Uh changed the complex complexion of the game. It did. Honestly, watching that game, I would say Barcelona were the better team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, we were as we're talking about the title race there in La Liga. Barcelona are now 12 points clear and Barcelona have only dropped 10 points this season. Yeah. It's insane. They've been the epitome of consistent. However, I would say Ter Stegen might be my player of the season for La Liga. For Barca. Yeah. I mean, so you look at Barca, they've allowed nine goals. Four of them are from Real Madrid. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy statistic. Um, it just shows you the golfing class between Barcelona and Real Madrid versus the rest of La Liga. I would say Atletico and then, yeah, the rest. 
But yeah, and then Frank Kessie, Kessie finishes it off right at there at the end. Yeah, 91st minute to get the win. It felt like a cup final, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it did. I mean, the stadium. Asensio had a goal there in the 80-something minute, taken mm-hmm. off from offside, and he, he was offside. But man, I thought, again, Real Madrid, they're going to do it. <laughs> Ancelotti, he made some substitutions. Rodrigo, Tushimini coming on. Looked like they kind of changed the flow of the game because Barca, like I said, they were they were in control of that game for most of it. Yeah, I will say the last 20 minutes of that game was end-to-end, just back and forth. Like, there was no midfields in this entire game. No, like like I said, it was when he brought on Rodrigo, huh? Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, I think, really changed it. Yeah. But Barcelona win, go 12 points clear, 12 games to go. I think they got it in lock. I mean, their fans after the game were singing campeones around the ESPN cameras, so... <laughs> They seem to think it's a lock. What do you guys think? Let us know. Next up, we'll go over to Sarah. I want to know. Do you think it's a lock? Oh, man. I mean, nothing is a lock with 12 games, but it's pretty close the way that Barcelona has been playing. I'll say they got it. I mean, out of 22 wins, I think some crazy stat, like 15 of them are 1-0 wins. Some crazy stat. I, there was also a, a stat I heard that at this point in the season, a team that's been up by nine points has never lost the title in La Liga. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it, it seems to be the same in La Liga and Serie A. And I don't see Barcelona losing it. It's theirs to lose. And they would have to go through some horrendous form. Oh, yeah, real bad. And then... <laughs> Real Madrid would need to win out for that to even stand a chance. And with their form in the league this season, I don't think they went out either. So crazier things have happened. All right. On to the Serie A. On the 18th, we had a shocker. Udinese beating AC Milan 3-1. to one. What? Did we say Another AC one? Milan would win? I think I we both remember. said AC Milan were going to win, yeah. Never know, uh, man. AC this, Milan, don't, don't This know. result takes AC Milan out of second place and into fourth. Well, they haven't been in second place for a while. It was Inter who was in second uh, place. Well, neither Milan team is in second place now. So, uh, Fun fact about this game, Zlatan Ibrahimovic scores a penalty, Becoming the oldest player to score a goal in Serie A at 41 years, 166 days old. But Targo, I know you want to talk about the whole sequence of events, not just the fact that he scored. He missed his first one. <laughs> yeah, and then forced to retake it due to encroachment. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I thought so too, what I don't I like, though, is when you have players from both teams who are encroaching. So I don't know. At that point, does it cancel each other out if both players... Kind of like penalties in the NFL, cancel out. Yeah. But in the NFL, you have to redo the play. It's like nothing happened. So retake a penalty. Same thing. Yeah, but I feel like it's harder to save a penalty than to make one. I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, but. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you have someone different take it. Than the no. person who hit the original? 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's always harsh when you have both it players is, encroaching. It uh, maybe an indirect free kick from the penalty spot. But I guess it could go the other way around too, or if the guy makes it the first time and then misses the second time. Yeah. Either way, uh, Milan losing this with another poor performance. It's been a while since they had a good one, I would say. Yeah. What's I going mean, on? <laughs> which Milan team, like I said, which Milan team is going to show up? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, like I said, they're the Tottenham of the Serie A, except they actually win trophies. Nah, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Milan. I think they're going to get dumped out of the Champions League when they play Napoli. Oh, 100%. At this point, they're trying to get a Champions League spot for next year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely obtainable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty close for that last Champions League spot, though. I mean... It is, but Milan's on forty-eight, Roma's on forty-seven, Atalanta's on forty-five, and Juventus being sneaky and coming up with. That's 41. what I was just about to say. Juve are only seven points behind them now, and if you look at this Milan team, man, they're dropping points. Yeah, they've Juve's, dropped three, Juve's six, eight points in their last five matches. That's insane for a team who's still in the Champions League. So Juve can definitely catch these teams. One hundred percent. Yeah. Especially with how unpredictable the Serie A is this year. It's been, oh, very unpredictable. Other than Napoli. But Juve, they've been doing all right. They got four wins out of five games here. So, I mean, spoilers, they won this weekend, guys. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler. Um, But before we get to the Derby d'Italia, let's hop over to the Derby de la Roma. Lazio against uh, AC Milan, AS Roma. I can't speak. Lazio versus AS Roma. Thank you. I can't speak today. (laughs) Lazio winning this one one nil. I think you picked Roma. I picked picked Lazio. I picked Lazio. You picked Lazio. My bad. I picked a draw. I do know that. Uh, Lazio won. Good call. Because I looked at their form, man. They're in good form. Uh, Crazy scenes in this one, though. Uh, Three red cards. Ibanez for Roma gets a red card in the 32nd minute for a second yellow. Uh, Mattia Zakagni uh, scored the eventual winner in 65th with a wonderful curling effort into the bottom corner. Yeah, and I then curled it on the ground right, right around the goalie. I, I love from the wings. I'll be honest with you where they put so much curve on it, it doesn't look like it's going to, and then just curled right into that bottom corner. And it didn't look like he kicked it super hard. Yeah. But it just was very well placed. It's perfect. Uh, and then an injury time uh, scuffle of sorts broke out with Dominic Cristante and Adam Marusic both getting red cards in the 97th minute. This one was feisty. <laughs> yeah, it was. It always is, that Rome Derby. Yeah. Speaking of derbies, the Derby de Italia enter against Juventus. Juventus winning 1-0, as you said before. Yep, I, th- I think I picked Juve to win that game too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, once Juve got that goal, Inter then kind of came alive. 
Started putting pressure on Juventus. Yeah, Philip Kostic getting it in the 23rd minute against the run of play, one would say. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was. And, you know, the first goal in that game was always going to be important. Whoever got that first one then had something to hold on to. That's kind of how those teams are. Yeah. In those big games, they get that one. I mean, that's what Inter did in the Champions League. Got their one goal and just defended it. It's, it's, it's for two games. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, yet another scuffle and in extra time and yet another pair of red cards with Danilo D'Ambrosio and Leonardo Paredes getting into it and giving red getting red cards. So feisty affairs in both of these pairs of red cards and extra time in both of these and one nil wins. A lot of red cards this weekend. Fulham. <laughs> yeah. These games seem like multiple in each game. It's a lot. Wolves had a red card. <laughs> Brentford had a red card. <laughs> Man, everybody must have been hitting it hard for St. Patty's. I don't know. Apparently. No, it's only celebrated in America. All right. Over to Liga. On the 19th, we had PSG against Wren. Kim Kardashian in attendance for this one. Uh Ren win 2-0. No. <laughs> the Kim K curse strikes again. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was wearing an old school Roma jersey in this one. Well, she wasn't wearing it there. She's wearing that one in the past. Yeah. A Roma jersey. Well, she apparently likes football. Um, I'd like her to never come back to London. She does <laughs> go to a Chelsea game. But, man... Kim K curse is alive and well, my friends. It is. Is this a is this a good win for Ren or a terrible loss for PSG? I think it's a good win for Ren. I thought they played well. Yeah. They had opportunities to score and they did. They could have had more if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean it puts Ren up to 5th place in Ligue 1. PSG, with no surprise, is still in first, up by seven points over Marseille. But they're looking more and more like a team of players and not a, or a, a bunch of players on a pitch and not a team with each passing game. Yeah, that PSG team, man, something's got to change there. The way they they do their business on recruitment. You know, I know we have talked about kind of diving into this PSG team, so I'll kind of save my thoughts for maybe a later episode. Yeah, but I, I definitely have my thoughts. I think I think we'll talk about it on our next episode on Thursday. So yeah. make sure you guys listen to that because I, I do have some thoughts on this PSG team and I think what needs to happen there before they start winning the trophy they really want to win, which is the Champions the League. Champions League, yeah. Um, I just even the fans are starting to turn on them now with you know PSG ultras coming out and saying Messi doesn't deserve to be paid as much as he does because he doesn't contribute a lot to their team. He's got 32 goal involvements. It's most in all of European soccer. How is he not contributing to your team? I don't understand. I digress. We'll get on to that another episode. But over to the big news. Patrick Guerra fired by Crystal Palace. Were you as shocked as I was? A little bit. I was surprised. 
this late in the season, they decide to get rid of him, especially with the run of games they have coming up. I was just going to say, yeah, after the Arsenal game, essentially the rest of their games are against the bottom half of the table. Teams below them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just... You think they would have given him a little bit more time, at least like two or three games into that stretch, to see if they could turn it around, but especially he's gone. Since, yeah, especially since they had good some good results against top teams, drawing Liverpool, drawing Man United, a tough 1-0 loss on a PK to Man City. They drew Tottenham, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they had some good results against bigger teams. And it sucks they had all those teams quite a bit in a row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had a tough run of games, I'll be honest with you. I think Liverpool, Man City, and Arsenal were all there right quick. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I feel for Patrick. I know he's got a special place in both of our hearts. But as Crystal Palace has moved on, let us move on. So let's get to who we think is going to replace him. Okay. If it hasn't been announced already. (laughs) So Targo, who are your top three candidates for this Crystal Palace job? You'd have to think it's pretty attractive with the amount of young talent they have. They do have some great young talent. So... Some of the managers I think could do an okay job there at Crystal Palace. I'll start with my number three is Steven Gerrard. So former coach at Aston Villa was released and they, when they brought in Unai Emery. I'd like to see him in the Premier League because you remember last year for Aston Villa. I feel like he did a really good job. He did a fantastic job. Yeah. He brought in some good players. You know, Philip Coutinho. At least a history of being a good player. I don't know how, how he is now. <laughs> He has moments. He has say. moments. But I mean, still, you think a big name player like Philip Coutinho, remember going to Aston Villa, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And so I think Steven Gerrard could be a good one. Mm-hmm. Another coach could be good would be uh, Nuno Esparito Santo, former coach at Wolves and Spurs. He's currently coaching in Saudi Arabia. But honestly, I liked the way... He, the style of football he played when he was at Wolves. Not so much Spurs. Yeah. But at Wolves, that style of football that he had, you know, I'd like to see Crystal Palace play some fun, energetic, attacking football. Because you don't see a whole lot of that from them right now. It's kind of tough. Yeah, but, it's more sit back and counter. Um, catch it the is. teams on the break. Which they, they're good to, good enough to do that. They are. I mean, we well, got Wilfred Zaha up there. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us forget that they beat Liverpool at Anfield this season. Mm -hmm. A couple of Wilfred Zaha lone goals. I mean, they're definitely capable of it. Uh, But my my number one coach to take over there, Crystal Palace, would be Rafa Benitez, man. This guy has been to a whole mess of clubs. I've when I mean a mess, man, I've been I mean everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> so he was most recently at Everton when he was let go there. And would they bring in Frank Lampard? Yeah. He's been at Liverpool, Real Madrid, Newcastle. He was the coach of that Valencia team that won the season in 2001, 2002. So that's a huge deal. Yeah, huge deal. Um, he's been at Inter Milan, Napoli. He was an interim manager at Chelsea. So the guy has definitely been around the block. Don't forget think, Liverpool, man. 
I said Liverpool already. But mostly Liverpool. But mostly Liverpool. He was the most <laughs> obviously known in the Premier League. I would say at Liverpool and Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. And then his time at Real Madrid. But I think he could be a good fit. He's an experienced manager. He's been in a relegation fight before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he would be a good fit. Um, I think all three of these would be good fits. Uh, I know Steven Gerrard's been linked pretty heavily to the job. I think he's in the top couple by the the uh, betters, the bookies. But Rafa would definitely help them a lot, um, especially with his flexibility in tactics, being able to switch things up. And I will say the one thing I like about these three managers, I think they're good long-term replacements. You know, not necessarily someone you need to bring in until the end of the season and then look for another coach in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, getting an interim manager in probably isn't a bad idea at this point. However, you do want someone who's a little more permanent that's going to change things immediately to keep you from being relegated. And honestly, I don't think they'll get relegated. I don't either, but, you know, if they go the rest of the season without a win, it's anything's possible. I guess, I mean, they're, what, 14 now? So it's it's possible. They've definitely, with that, they got, I said something too, man. They need to start winning some games or they're going to get pulled into that relegation fight. Yeah, especially (laughs) since all the teams they play are below them. Um, If they start dropping points against those teams, they're just all going to catch them, so... But yeah, those are my three managers. Who would be your top three managers? Let's take over right. Crystal Palace. Uh, my top three managers. My first one is going to be a little controversial. Maybe okay. it's too soon. But Greg Berhalter. Yep. Definitely. He played for Crystal Palace in the early 2000s. Like I said, some might say that it would be too soon after this whole USA debacle. But as someone who is innocent, going to a former country or a foreign country, it could really jumpstart his career, and I mean, I think he deserves a second chance. And as a former Palace manager, he would have the passion uh, player, and drive for the club that they would need. Former Palace player, yeah. So I, I got to ask. Next so up, on a scale of you know, what percentage do you get think that he would actually get that job? One to a hundred, uh, maybe twenty at the most. Yeah. Okay. But I would like to see it. That's why he's not my number one. <laughs> number two, Jesse Marsh. In my opinion, wrongfully fired from the Leeds job earlier this year. Got a bunch of transfers in, didn't give him enough time to really make an impact or turn a season around. <laughs> they gave him one game. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? They might have even made the decision before that. So... I think it'd be a great fit. He did great things at Leeds. I think with his Palace squad having a similar profile of player, he could do good things. I would argue he did not do great things at Leeds. Look where Leeds are sitting in a relegation fight. Yeah. I mean, it's been a bit since he got fired, but I guess he was in a relegation fight when he got fired. So, yep. True. My number one. Bring him back, Roy Hodgson. Coach Crystal Palace from 2017 to 2021. Familiar with most of that squad. 
former player as well of Crystal Palace. Last coached Watford in 2002 before announcing his retirement from management. 2022? Yeah. I don't think this would be a permanent solution. It would be more of a replacement till the end of the season as he is retired from management. But he would be a great fit. He knows the squad. A lot of them know his tactics. He's, you know, an old wiry manager that is great at creating good defenses. Maybe not going forward as much, but I just think he'd be a good fit to help them for the last, what, 12 games? Yeah, 10 games. Yeah, he, he. I think this is the way Crystal Palace should go. I think they should either one go that Roy Hodgson route. Mm-hmm. And I saw he was on your list, so I didn't put him on mine. But I do think either get him as a caretaker or, like I said, they, they need to get a, I would say, a better long-term coach. Like a Rafa Benitez, someone who's experienced in the Premier League, who's been in a relegation fight. Those would be the ways I would suggest they go. Yeah, I mean, both would be a good option, in my opinion. But what do you guys think? Let us know. Uh, yeah, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell notification. Check us out Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and last but not least, Redbubble. Check out our merch. Help us keep doing this. But that's all I got. All right, man. Well, that brings us to the end of this, to the end of this episode. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.